0: Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, not all marketing activities are created equal. AppSlyer's analytics suite simplifies its complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppSlyer's customer experience and engagement suite Powered by a reliable deep linking engine, lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppSlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to appsflyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. I think what's become clearer, certainly in the last few years as competition in the game industry has really stepped up, is that there's a fundamental difference between a great game and a great game business. You know, you could be super lucky, your game is an instant hit, it's resonating with users. But for when that's not the case, or even when you just want to take your game growth to the next level, that's where we come in. So we've developed a really incredible platform that's designed to make you as powerful and as capable as possible in growing your game, whether that's growing your game revenue or growing your user base. That was Melissa Zeloff, VP of Marketing at IronSource.
1: Welcome to Twig number 162. Uh, Miska is, is uh, traveling uh this week and so we're uh we're a man down but uh but happy to soldier on uh how's everyone doing
2: good where, where is he's in like israel or something are we not allowed to say that
1: is that like a- uh, it's he's in an undisclosed black site
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay all right
1: um i, I actually don't know I, I don't know where he is
3: he's on this perpetual boondoggle you know i don't know does he actually work? Is he making a game or is he just doing deals? I don't know. Really, don't know with him. Anybody? <laughs> I don't I, know. No <laughs> I, I think there's absolutely no evidence that a game is in development. It's just more like him talking. No, he posts. To other people he posts
1: screenshots. It. I think he's doing both. He's a talented guy. He can multitask. <laughs> all right. I, think I think he, he just plays know. Vigor all the time. He just loves that game. Yeah, it's, just,
2: it's just a weird thing. I don't
1: know. you know what game um I'm obsessed with which is like I'm I'm like two years late to the party um and i'm I'm blanking on the name right now don't I say Northgard do not no say no North no, no. <laughs> I, was literally, I was literally just playing it uh days gone the uh the motorcycle oh, really? the Sony
2: first party game okay yep
1: yeah', wow. yeah I'm, I'm like obsessed with it it's so fun uh but like it was released in like That's 2019.
2: yeah yeah, yeah. No, it, it came out right around yeah and it was like 67 Metacritic or something
1: yeah, I, I yeah. skipped over it because of that. Yeah, well, I, I mean some we yeah, I mean it's it's open world, right? And I think a lot of people had a, a problem with the implementation of the open world because it's not it's very story driven, it's kind of very linear. And the open world feels like it didn't really need to be there. Um, but it's it's fun. And I I don't know, like I just like when I first started playing it, I was like, No, I don't like the setting. Pacific Northwest, post apocalyptic, zombies, that's like a bad combination. This is I'm not gonna like this. And I just got hooked. And I'm almost done with it, but uh, but it's a good game.
2: Um, do you guys ever play a lot of like real time strategy games? Where you used to play like StarCraft, Warcraft. I used like? to play. Yeah, yeah, used yeah. To. You never played it, Eric. You never like real time strategy. You you, you I, literally I, bought I, Westwood, and you're like, eh, fuck, man. <laughs> <in." laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I bought Westwood. I, I I I cut a
3: check for two hundred million at the time to buy Westwood. No, I um I never like micromanagement games. Like I like. I, I don't like that, like where you're always like. I mean, the fact is, like, the stat is like how many times you can press the button per minute or something is like a determination deter- of whether you're successful at that game. Fuck that, dude. I'm done. Okay, <laughs> I'm well, out.
2: maybe at the competitive level, but um,
3: no, no, I'm. But I'm just saying, like, that's the, that's like kind of the uh, mechanic, right? Or that's the. I guess,
2: but if, but like when you play StarCraft not- and Warcraft, at least in the campaign and single player, you never really had to know the button combinations no. to win
3: no no no. but it's stressful that's what i'm saying it's like so much stress to like do it in time i don't you, like time but you're fine with call
2: of duty that that's not stressful for you but like real-time strategy no, no, stress. But you're
3: in yeah, and you're, you're out right you die <laughs> you, you respawn right
2: but anyways there that is, is a, there's an interesting genre on steam a real-time strategy which is like survival plus real-time strategy um so they are billions came out i think two three years ago um excellent game and there's a new one called age of darkness that's kind of spiking up on steam in terms of reviews um so if you like real-time strategy games um it's more of like a defense hold your point type of game but actually really really fun i, I like the genre yeah i
3: this this game situation for me is 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 not in a good spot like i, I have nothing i want to play like i <laughs> i want to but the thing is i really want to boot up uh Final Fantasy 14 again but man I don't want to boot up Final Fantasy 14 because I just get so (laughs) into it it'll sacrifice everything right I got too much to do to get like to sit down I don't like saying that because that's just such a cop-out but it really does feel like um I don't have the time to wait Final Fantasy
2: 14 is the top rated Metacritic user score like of all time or something I know the latest expansion mostly yeah people love that I don't know maybe maybe it's dropped now but I remember reading a headline on that
3: um, I, I mean i, I lo- loaded it up booted it up i just just haven't gotten into it yet but that's probably what i'll play over holiday f- finish that content up but
1: um all right shall we get started let's do it let's jump in updates first update um we're recording this on wednesday december 15th i don't know if it's going to be out in time but uh i'll uh i'll promote my happy hour one more time so mobile dev memo hosting a happy hour tomorrow my as we're recording this is tomorrow on december 16th it's thursday um there's more info if you go to MobileDevMemo.com. There's like a, a, a link at the top, uh, and, and you, can, you can register there. It's going to be fun. we got some live music, some barbecue, uh, meet a bunch of people in Austin. A lot of gaming companies in Austin, actually. Uh, that wasn't the case uh, until like kind of recently, but there's uh, a number of gaming companies. So if you're in gaming, you're in Austin, come to the happy hour. Uh, second update, Solana Ventures, Forte, and Griffin Gaming will invest $150 million into blockchain games. Um, I chose this link just because it was you know the latest uh, such announcement, but there have been a number of similar announcements kind of funds joining forces to 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 pool money to invest into to web3 into blockchain games. there's kind of I think three or four in the last like week or two. Um, there is so much money chasing this space right now. it's unbelievable I don't think I've ever seen anything like this uh, just in terms of like a frenzy for financing. Um, but uh, but uh, good luck look good luck to those teams they're, they're all very smart. Uh, Forte Griffin Gaming uh never met anybody from Solana but I imagine they're they're smart people. Uh next update Sony was bringing PlayStation now to mobile phones according to a confidential Apple presentation. So we found out last week that both Sony and Microsoft were planning their game streaming services for iPhone uh that got uh, uh both of them got the kibosh from from Apple. They said look if you want to bring game streaming to us um you know we'd have to basically uh, uh, evaluate every single game on, in your streaming app, uh, on its merits. And, 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 and because that's not like feasible, then, then we're not going to allow game streaming on the iPhone. I feel like that might, that was kind of like the the turning point to me, um, in, in, in seeing that Apple is kind of losing its grip, right? Like that's, that's not tenable. That's not sustainable. You can't, you can't sustain that policy. Uh, you, and 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 they haven't. So Stadia launched in the browser on iPhone. Now, one thing that a lot of people don't know about the browser on iPhone is that any any browser, even Chrome or whatever, you download it from the i, I from the from the App Store, right? So I mean, there is a level of control that, that Apple has on that. But the browser uh, spec has to be based on Apple's WebKit, right? So Chrome is you know just standalone software, but but actually. You know, if you download it on your Mac or you download it on PC or whatever, it's 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 you know proprietary software to Google. But any other browser on the iPhone is basically just built on top of WebKit, which makes it kind of almost like a skin of Safari, right? And 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 so uh, you know, there's ways for Apple to control what content you even you're even able to sort of consume via the browser on the iPhone. Now, Google has found a way to make Stadia work on the, in the browser, but like. Once you lose that, and let's say that game streaming picks up, or you know any kind of any other sort of use case, let's say Web three picks up as a browser phenomenon, at, at that moment Apple loses its grip, like the, the the sort of the control of the App Store, the control of their hardware environment starts to fail, and so that's that's kind of why I thought that was an interesting uh, revelation that came out last week.
3: Wait, yeah. wait, wait, let me ask a quick question. You're telling me that the Chrome app on my iPhone is actually a uh, skin of
1: Safari or Chrome itself is not. Chrome is its standalone. Well no, no no, so it's not a it's not a skin per se. I mean that's that's too extreme, but it's based on it's built on like the WebKit spec for like just doing content interaction mm-hmm. via via the browser, right? And so like it's not really Chrome. It's 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 kind of built on on WebKit tech, which is Apple's. Okay. So in that way they they still control kind of how the browser interacts with the internet, right? And and they have a level of control there that you wouldn't expect, right? And because again, all this is downloaded from the app store. You can't go to, you know, chrome.com on, on your iPhone and download the app. You've got to get it through the app store. So there is still a gatekeeping uh, mechanism there. Um, and l- my last update is uh, Apple granted delay in complying with app store changes required by Epic ruling. So we talked about this last week um, and I was kind of speculating on whether it would happen or not, or I think I didn't speculate, but, but it was the day before it was supposed to go into effect and we didn't know yet whether um, they were going to they were going to get a delay granted or not and they did right so now they've got i think 30 days uh i think 30 days to to craft an appeal or something i don't remember the specifics but anyway those the that injunction that the judge issued in the epic versus apple case which was supposed to go in, into effect on december 9th which allowed app developers to link to alternative payment systems on the web that that injunction got delayed so that's that that did not uh become uh the law of the land on the ninth and and i guess i think they have like 30 days to 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 craft another appeal or something
2: hmm.
3: i don't know apple's just on the mind these days i was actually i told myself last week i mean, there's no effing way i am talking about apple or the star of nfts and of course i'm going to talk about both because these news stories just keep coming up and i, I just can't can't help myself and the feedback i got from my 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 uh I don't know, dismantling of Mr. Schmidt uh <laughs> I have to I have to like defend myself to some degree with some of these responses. So, first of all, I want to apologize to the Apple Store folks, particularly Mr. Schmidt, who's evidently one of the crew still. Um basically multiple unsolicited responses uh and defenders of Mr. Schmidt came through saying that he's a very good guy, right? And based on the caliber of these people that are telling me this, I have to imagine he's one of the good ones, all right? And and also the rest of the store mafia, I mean dedicated store employees, uh you guys get a bum deal, right? That's the whole that's the whole point of what I'm saying, right? You have a very very tough job because something that I certainly would would be absolutely incapable of navigating or managing. So the fundamental thing here is what what the reason this is not about the store people. I'm not trying to attack the people that work at the store. I'm sure you guys are amazing at what you do, right? But it's the the fact is that you don't have as much control on what you're doing as other stores, which include Google. And there's a reason that Google is better at this because they're a freaking advertising company, and they'll push the envelope till the end, right? So anyway. I guess what I'm think- saying is that if you imagine if you're running a store and there's a decree from your CEO that says you are going to stop or hinder the traffic of 85% of the most quality traffic coming to your store, as a store, would you do that? No, you would not. Of course not. Right. But that is what you guys are dealing with. And so, you know, you are just limited by your strategy from a higher power and it has nothing to do with the quality of your employees or how you guys work. So, Anyway, I apologize for uh, being so critical. It's nothing to do with you guys, uh, your hardworking people in the store. Um, second, people keep saying that I hate Apple. I don't hate Apple. I think they're freaking brilliant, right? They own a bunch of amazing products, right? And they manage their business like a like a boss, right? I mean, they're capitalists. You know, they're amazing, right? They fundamentally make optimize their decision on selling hardware and as much hardware as possible, frankly, and bringing in obsolescence, which is genius too. You know? I just don't think they want to take care of their publisher partners. That is not a priority in, in Apple's you know, playbook, right? Um, and, but the, you know, the privacy marketing is brilliant, dude. It differentiates them from Google. It's very paranoid. I mean, sorry, it's very compelling for these paranoid Americans who don't want their cat pictures being viewed by the government, right? And it's an effective way of pushing their phones and computers. And, 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 and I respect everything they do. They're amazing, but it is business, it's marketing, it's selling phones, selling things that you don't need. Do you need to upgrade your phone every year? No fucking way, right? Every four years, maybe, right? But they're trying to justify it, give you a reason to do so. So they're doing an exceptional job and I respect what they do as a company. Would I own the company? Probably, but I, I don't trade names usually. I don't trade individual names but actually you know that Apple's become kind of a meme stock where people are buying insane amounts of call options really? even more volume there are more options being traded in some of these big tech names than actual shares Wow. <laughs> dude we're in a, we're in a in a different world right now right well that's o- um, but anyways, that's always the case but
1: I so I, I bought Apple call options for June 17th 2022 $150 uh, uh Uh, strike price when att went into effect i guess in april like the day it did i was like i'm in you know this is going to be awesome for apple Uh up uh 300 since i bought them (laughs) so you know it's like but that's the thing it's (laughs) i'm i'll i'll criticize the way they've approached this but i know that it's going to make them a lot of money and i feel like it's okay to embrace that and be like yeah we did this because it was a it was a competitive play like we 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 wanted
3: yeah but i yeah, I. What I don't understand is why people get all butt hurt when I talk about, like, criticize yeah. them. I mean, what, what, why, why is Apple beyond yeah. reproach? You know, I mean, these guys. They, I mean, maybe you said using the word evil is bad, right? But when they're signing deals with China yeah. and doing crazy things about blocking, you know, gaming services because they they need to. Yeah. I, I never I forgot. I forgot that one. I was trying to list the things that they've done that have been anti-publisher over the last four years. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say. If anyone who wants to debate this with me, come on, right? Like Apple people probably won't do that. But there have been four major events in Apple's history that I can think of. And now that, that this is the fifth that you just mentioned is that, you know, blocking the um, Xbox and PlayStation Now services. But there have been four or five different things that 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 Clearly, are anti-publisher, and I'd love to debate anybody about this. One was uh, uh, metal, right? The requirement of metal was one of the early things that they did that made no sense at the time, right? <laughs> but this was a requirement, basically, to build in obsolescence for their phones, right? That's why they required metal. Everyone to use metal at a certain period of time. The changing of the app store was an absolute travesty for the entire marketplace. Like, there, let's debate this, right? What in what way was this app store change? Good for publishers. I, I I can't think of one. But maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Right? That was a and that obviously IDFA was just a big like punch in the stomach. Right? And then and then now if they start blocking IP, right? If that happens, that's going to be absolutely you know like lights out type stuff. Right? So anyway, I mean those are the things that b- have bugged me over the years. And so let me let bring some on debate. You know, get a PR guy. That's <laughs> dude. there's so many much smarter people that I'm that I am that could come in here and just. Bop the floor with me. Let's have it right. So anyway, I just wanted to be wanted to be clear that up. Um, and then the second thing. Oh, you okay? All right, go ahead. We'll, we'll do the we'll do <laughs> we'll do my uh, NFTs yeah, are thing a little bit later. Real
2: news, and then we'll go back to NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have a bunch of quick updates. So um, PUBG Battlegrounds, which is the PC console version, um, finally goes free to play on January twelfth. Um, So, again, this is the original. Uh, They've now reached 75 million in unit sales as the premium game, which is really impressive for a premium title. Um, But obviously, there could have been wider reach by going free-to-play, and I think it's really they have to now to compete against Apex, Fortnite, Warzone. Um, My only question now is when is Ubisoft finally going to set Rainbow Six Siege to be permanently free? I still can't believe that's still paid. Um, Google is bringing Android games to Windows in 2022. Um, That was all announced at the Game Awards. Uh, Google is planning on bringing um, Androids as part of Google Play to Windows PC, and they'll be somewhat built by Google to be run on Windows laptops, tablets, and PCs. Um, Peter Molyneux, his next game is a blockchain business sim featuring NFTs. (laughs) And this title was written by <laughs> Kotaku, so I still have to say it in full. Because the future sucks. <laughs> dude, i want right, to talk
3: about Kotaku later. But, but dude, Peter Molyneux making a blockchain game, that is like the most ridiculous thing <laughs> yeah, I've ever heard. I, know. Like, I mean, it's like the polar opposite of blockchain,
2: uh, right? He's like a creative, like, oh, what? I, uh, okay, well, anyways, he's, he's back, right? That company, 22 cans, that promised the world and then delivered a tapping cube is back and ready to take on the blockchain world. And I think it's a perfect investment for you, vert. It's a talented, experienced developer that has an incredible track record of shipping products now entering the NFT space. So I can't wait for Eric to finally get some investment into 22Cans. Um, but yeah, they've been working on, I guess, this game called Legacy, um, which they got contacted by Gala Games. And just so happens that Peter looked at it and said, well, it's perfect for crypto gaming. So we're gonna switch it to NFTs. So Eric, you're gonna start growing this on web three or actually, what? <laughs>
3: I did read. No, I did I actually read through this a little bit and, and you're right. He's actually kind of right. This this game seems to be geared towards um uh, uh crypto or NFTs, but like I just don't imagine that he could embrace it the way it needs to be embraced to be successful, to build economies in which I've just been burned I, by Pierre you
1: too many times. Go ahead, Eric. Well so that yeah, hey, so so there was there was another like consortium of investors that built a fund to to invest in a web three g- games. And they threw like a big party in Las Vegas last weekend. And that's where that was announced. My sense is he got paid a lot of money to do this. <laughs> so maybe he believes in it, maybe he doesn't. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's passionate about, um, you know, sort of new models for gaming. But uh, my sense is that a lot of money changed hands. I you're you saying that, Adam, and um, I was remembering there was a a, a, a headline I saw like yesterday, the day before. Uh, former U.S. Senate candidate and first Maine resident to catch COVID, Max Lynn, found dead in hot tub after being sued for pulling gun on former aide during cryptocurrency disagreement. <laughs> I mean, I think. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I feel like crypto, like crypto is like this weird collision of like finance people like, you know, like, like, like the sort of like most hardcore bankers from, uh, uh oh man, uh, what was that movie with uh, Christian Bale? Uh, where he's the killer. He's the uh, you know American about. Psycho. Yeah, it's like it's the like the, it's like a weird collision between uh like really aggressive bankers from like American Psycho and Florida Man. It's just like the weirdest mixing of people <laughs> that would never cross paths otherwise, but like this speculative frenzy brought them together, and a lot of fun stuff happens as a result. <laughs>
2: murder in a hot tub. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Did you guys, do you guys have PS five or an Xbox X? Eric, do you okay. got a PS five? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Did you guys check out the matrix awakens tech demo?
3: No, I, I was actually just downloading that because I keep meaning to check. Yeah, it out. Yeah, no, it's
2: really, really cool. Obviously I'm biased. I probably, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking about it. Um, but it's, it's a very, very cool experience. Um, I would definitely check it out next gen hardware. Otherwise you can always watch it on YouTube. Um, at least my experience with it, the first little bit, I watched it with my wife. She assumed it was real for the first portion. But then Keanu Reeves kind of like walks around a bit in some of the scenes and I can't tell whether he just kind of walks like an idiot or they just didn't invest in the animation of The uncanny valley slightly slips down a yeah. little bit as you kind of like watch him walk around you're like, wait, is that real? I don't know. But anyways, it looks game-like and besides being critical, like this is a very impressive demo. Um... Hey, by the way, did we talk about the fact that that
3: it came out that uh, Keanu never played CD? Yeah, project? yeah, that was announced. Uh, the
2: Sweet right didn't play Cyberpunk. Did we, but we didn't talk
3: about it last no, week, no. right? I, I, how ironic is that? He's a he is a big gamer, but I mean, uh, by all measures, the fact he didn't even play the game, the Cyberpunk game, which he was starring in,
2: probably had a PS4 uh, that couldn't play it. <laughs> CD,
3: CD project stock was down like two percent just because of that. Um, okay. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> CD Projekt, it's getting destroyed, but that's that's um. not unrelated, probably.
0: Sorry for interrupting this podcast, but I got an important message. It's about increasing your game's revenues. I bet your mobile games is ready to find new, untapped audience and a juicy 40% revenue boost. Well, you can achieve global reach and acquire new players with local payment methods and exclusive content and with huge savings on platform fees. After recent events allowing developers to sell virtual items and currencies directly to players with a substantial savings on transaction fees, Exola launched WebShop for mobile games. This timely solution helps you unlock global potential and grow your mobile games beyond the App Store and unite your player community across all devices. Plus, it can also improve discoverability and boost player retention. If you're ready to increase revenue, save on fees, and regain control over distribution, exola webshop for mobile games can help you succeed visit exola.pro dof or go to the link in this podcast description let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops now we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games and i'm sure you got the people part covered but how fantastic your tools truly are well listen If your game is made with Unity, you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. Beamable simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, Beamable got you covered. And Beamable is not only for your product folks, with visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep all your server code in C sharp means life is simpler for your programmers and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so.
2: Another article um, from Polygon. Uh, there's a scam running around the internet of fake recruiters reaching out to people saying that they work for riot and then going through a fake interview process that translates into pay us a bunch of money for some equipment and we'll pay you back when you start your job, which then of course devolves into no job and no money really, really shitty for all people involved. And obviously these people are dicks, but Yeah, it's just a very odd story. All I can recommend is make sure you look a gift horse in the mouth. If it's too good to be true, make sure you're reading in those details. Um, Rumors are swirling about Sony's Spartacus project, which is supposedly PlayStation's answer to the Xbox Game Pass and obviously built on further from what they're doing with PlayStation now. Um, So we'll see what actually happens. Um, We've kind of talked about the economics of subscriptions to death on this podcast. Um, So I'm not going to go into much more detail than that, but it just... It'll be interesting to see if they go more aggressive than Game Pass. Do so they offer their first party games within it? Um, is there like a potentially higher price premier tier or something? And of course, will cloud streaming be a part of this or not? Um, and just news that was announced this morning, uh, Supercell to open up a new North American studio as it expands beyond mobile. Um, from uh, the Supercell team, we are establishing this new team to pursue a specific goal, assemble and enable the best talent in North America to create what's next across any platform, not just mobile. Um, and it looks like it's a remote studio. Um, so they're really casting a pretty broad net for the talent to get them rather than um, just buying an individual studio. And of course that this looks like they're expanding beyond mobile, which is very exciting. and to be honest, I think Supercell's pretty well positioned for that. Given their brand,
3: Eric. Um, all right. Sorry, we. I. I wanted to. I should have covered this Sony Spartacus thing. Actually, to come to think of it, that this is kind of a big deal. They're like a total capitulation because they believe that these type of subscription models wouldn't work for their content, and and because they have so many first party studios, like the 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 financial implications are pretty heavy for them in terms of. Uh, you know, potential cannibalization if they have a subscription service. And, um, but, I mean, I think they're responding to what's happening in the marketplace. So they may see something that even we don't see from the perspective of of changes in in behavior for the consumer, particularly in North America, where Xbox is still relatively popular. So um, it would be interesting to know exactly why they're planning on doing this after being so adamantly opposed to it um, historically, Um, you know, with new, uh, The assumption, of course, is this is premium content, new content coming uh, versus old content, which they've had for a long time. So anyway, it would be interesting to see. Um, all right. But the second thing I didn't want to talk about, but I'm going to talk about anyway, because this Ubisoft thing has been an absolute <laughs> fiasco. But um, there was an article basically saying, U- Ubisoft's NFT announcement has been intensely disliked. Um, and I'm going to re- quote the first line of the <laughs> article because... It's really indicative of what Kotaku has become, you know. I mean, as quote-unquote journalists, you know, they are literally out of their minds uh, since Schreier left. Uh, But but anyway, it serves my purpose. Um, This is a quote. As we reported yesterday, Ubisoft is getting right into the business of NFTs, a space that is both an environmental catastrophe and an enormous pump-and-dump scam. And because that's a shitty space to be in, people have been quick to let the company know their feelings. So... So they go on. Ubisoft has no idea what they're doing. They have no power to reverse or cancel transactions. They have no liability for claims or damages. They have no liability for risks of use of technology. These were all in the services agreement that was put out when they were talking about building NFTs for their ghost recon game. And finally, they say something along the lines of endorsement of this scam shows how much contempt Ubisoft holds for its customer base. Dude, these guys are more over the top than I am, you know? Um, Anyway, so at the time, the video had been reviewed by 100. Sorry, I I forgot to mention. This is basically the introduction video for the new system of NFTs that are going into Rainbow Six. But we talked about it last week. But anyway, at the time, the the video had been reviewed by 150 times and there was 24,000 dislikes and only 1000 likes. Um, and finally, he's also worried about that this is the only beginning, and that we'll see more and more of this going on. So since then, Ubisoft has removed the video. <laughs> of course. Uh, and by the way, Ubisoft has had these like PR fiascos numerous times over the past, you know, few years, they're they're not doing well. And, and they still are, you know, embroiled in the scandals, the Me Too scandals, in some ways, almost worse than Activision, um, in terms of how it's internal stuff. But anyway, there's a lot to unpack with this little, this little spiel by this Kotaku guy who has got his head so far up as, you know, whatever. But um, anyway, I personally think that Kotaku needs to be a little bit more objective in their reporting, if I were to be honest. Um, You know, I don't think they're very kind of held to a very high standard anymore, if they ever were. But, uh, uh, but it, 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 the, the the juxtaposition between the most amazing articles that Jason Schreier wrote historically at Kotaku, you know, the tribulations at Biz, Blizzard, BioWare, this Rockstar piece, like all this stuff, is now resulted in this hyperbolic nonsense that the clearly, the writer clearly does not even understand what's going on uh, or what NFTs are or whatever. And I'm not defending NFTs. I'm just saying, be, be some, somewhat objective or have like both sides, but- um, but again, maybe people out there feel the same thing about me from time to time. I don't know. Um, the second thing is that like the PR blowback, uh, is a nightmare for publishers, right? And it may be scary for Ubisoft, but anybody that's trying to plan on NFTs and doing stuff like this are watching this like a hawk, because you can't, can you imagine what the fear in the eyes of Mr. Coca-Cola at, uh, at Zynga, you know, when this type of things happen? So please don't happen to me. Please don't happen to me type thing. Right. It's like. Anybody that's trying to do this, you know, a, a traditional publisher just don't doesn't want this kind of blowback. But then again, I, I would argue the other side of it is that Jesus, Ubisoft, buck up. You know, it's 24,000 hardcore fans, right? Why are you pulling videos, right? Just own it, you know? If, if you wanna work in the NFT space, you gotta just live through the bumps, you know? Um, these like super fans, I mean, can't possibly understand what you're trying to do. And then finally, like, Maybe this is like indicative of another point. Maybe NFTs are not for the gamers, right? Maybe it's for a new audience that you can attract, of people that love to deal with this NFT stuff. And so why do you care about what the core audience thinks? Or maybe it's an opportunity to try to like build a new IP around NFTs and not try to leverage your existing IPs or... You know, for, for, for Ubisoft, for instance, I mean, they could just use that universe and create something new within that universe using NFT. So they don't have to deal with Ghost Recon or Assassins or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. But I do think this is somewhat of a warning uh, for traditional mobile and console publishers to be mindful of what fans reactions are going to be to these type of things. You know, be the smart in design and communication um, with the fan base. Um, and again, it could be an opportunity for them to start something new that is not related to a specific IP splinter cell or assassins. Um, but anyway, I'm sure like many of the traditional publishers are watching this reaction um and 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 freaking the fuck out, right? Because this is exactly what they don't want from the user base. Um, but this is also the risk of early adoption and 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 being first movers in this um, from a traditional perspective. So, I would just say, Buck, you buck up, Ubisoft. You made your play, dude. You 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 invested lots of money into this, so why are you backing down now? Because twenty four thousand hardcore Ghost Recon fans are in
1: your face, you know. You know, I don't, I don't. You know, it seems a little bit off. Yeah, it's but, just creative destruction. Anyway. You've got to have the wherewithal to see it through. You can't just dip your toe in the water, see how your existing audience reacts, and then uh you know and then and then abandon the effort if if the reaction's unfavorable. I mean, the same thing happened to them with free to play right i mean I, I feel like there's I wrote an article this week uh uh growth models for for web three gaming, and I was talking about the very like s- stark similarities between like twenty eleven era free to play and like where web three is now Now, I'm not saying I think web three is going to be you know this gigantic category in five years. I don't know, right? I feel like I'm still in the I don't know phase. Um, but, but there are like really striking similarities, right? And like, what were, what were like the AAA console gamers saying about free to play when it launched? Oh, those aren't real games. Oh, those are exploitative. They, they, they put people into a trance and and they, they extract money from them or those aren't real <laughs> games. Like you shouldn't have to, you should only have to pay once for a real game. That's not, and like, they're very vocal about it. And I remember like getting a lot of that feedback myself, having written the book and promoting it and stuff. And, and, and people like. I remember one time I was at this conference and this this guy before me, like made some really shitty snide comment about me because I was coming up after him, uh, and he's like, "Well, I guess the gaming portion of the conference is over," uh, you know, something like that. And I was like, "What the fuck, man? Who do you, you know?" And there's some guy that like works in like legacy gaming or whatever, and and but there was that 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 sentiment was real, um, and the thing is like you know the the people that play. Web three games, like let's say it does, you know, get to like sort of mass market adoption. The people that play these games are going to look a lot different than the people that played free to play games in the West, and and those people look a lot different than the than the people that play AAA uh, gaming or that play AAA console games, you know, kind of pre uh, pre iPhone, and that's okay. That's okay. It's just an expansion of of the definition of a gamer. Um, and but like if you're gonna move in this direction, you've got to have the 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 sort of like uh, 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 focus of purpose um and the and the and the sort of uh, uh a devotion of purpose to to see it through don't just don't just put out a teaser video and then and then retreat once like some really really vocal gaming fans say no no, no that's not gaming
2: uh, but yeah. but did they pull the whole initiative or did they just pull the video
3: I, I think either they pulled way. the video only uh, but either way it's just it's it's just
2: does, it seems weird of, to pull fast. the video right right i know it's stupid i know but it's yeah. very It's very Ubisoft. Like I'm glad they're still going forward with the initiative because I think my stance on it still is the same thing as the previous podcast. I think cosmetics in an existing live service for them is a smarter thing than building a brand new NFT thing. Um, But yeah, obviously, this is going to be the blowback. And we're still talking about 24,000 super fans, right? I know. Um, But one thing, Eric, you you mentioned like the the overlap between these different spaces. Wasn't it it kind of like shown later on through Free to Play anyways that – a majority of the top spenders in a lot of some of these like mobile RPG games are also big console players, right? Like there's obviously this big niche of vocal people that do not want to spend money on microtransactions and they can go play single player games on PC console. There's also these people that kind of blend between them. It actually ends up being quite a lot of them that just aren't as vocal about not like hating microtransactions, still get plenty of value out of those games.
1: I mean, maybe. I don't know. My experience has been that the people that are, like, the biggest, you know, most enthusiastic spenders in these free-to-play games are not the traditional gamer profile, and they probably do not play a lot of console. But the thing is, like, I I think there was also just like a – because it's not just the fact that they don't want to pay for microtransactions. The games looked different. They were obviously built for a different audience. You're not building this game for me. Therefore, it's not a game, right? Because I'm a gamer because I play AAA console games. Uh, you know, there was a subtext of like, I think misogyny and like, you know, just class tension there because it's like these games are not made for like I, I'm, i you know, if you would point to a traditional gamer or draw one, they probably look like me grew up in the 80s, had every console. Right. I had, you know, just it's expensive and you needed a certain level of, of income. Like, you know, I wasn't rich, but like middle class. Right. And you needed to be that you needed to be like a, a middle class suburban guy to be a gamer. And that changed with free to play. Like the majority of free to play gaming uh, gamers are women. Right, and those and the games were designed for them. The games are, are are really built, especially in the in the puzzle side, are really built for their enjoyment. And so, like, I understand the backlash. I, I don't think it had that much to do with uh, microtransactions because that ended up taking off in console anyway, right?
2: Yep, I agree. So
1: uh,
2: I'm just saying that there was specifically on the RPG side, right? There was signs of that overlap, but I completely agree that free play obviously has opened up to a lot more segments than there was before. But either way, I think Ubisoft kind of has to own this, completely agree with this this sentiment. They need to keep moving. And I think it's going to be an interesting use case. But unfortunately, I think the blowback from this will probably create pause for other major publishers. Uh, I can only speculate. I I, I, I can only speculate on that.
3: And that that was kind of my major point, honestly, about the whole thing and why I'm bringing up the uh, czar of uh, – Czar of NFTs at Zinga. I'm not. I'm not going to say his name anymore. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> why not? A little He's little probably again. a nice
2: but guy.
1: That's even. That's even
3: worse. That's I even know. worse, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> really? All right. Well, anyway, the point is, is that, like the big point here is that this is probably making people scared the hell, you know, scared out of their minds. You know, like, oh my god, look what's happening to Ubisoft, yeah. right? It's like no, that and that's why they can't move is because they will just get a lot of like heat from other
1: other management. Yeah. Other parts of management. There's you know? a so uh, well, but you got to stand your ground. You you can't miss this again. That's the thing. They miss free to play, right? You've got to stand your ground and and you've got to barrel forward. Maybe this isn't maybe this isn't the big the next big sort of gaming consumer the big consumer uh, you know category uh, that gaming sort of like leads mass adoption for. But but nonetheless, like and when you have these when you have these sort of uh, new initiatives, you gotta you gotta resource them and you've gotta you've gotta see them through. And you can't be afraid. Of alienating your existing audience because that's not necessarily going to be the audience that you need to serve in five years, right? That's creative destruction. So it's just it's weird that you know they would they would uh flinch like that. I saw there's a really funny meme I saw yesterday, and it was like the the, the quadrants. And you've probably seen the, the one with the um, you know, does it's like people they like does not understand crypto, does not buy crypto, does understand crypto. Anyway, uh this was like uh like low knowledge about. Uh, blockchain, high knowledge of blockchain on the on the uh, horizontal axis and the positive towards blockchain, negative towards blockchain on the vertical. And then the Chad character is right in the middle. You know, the guy with the mohawk. Yeah. And he's like the moderate, right? Like, There's not enough info yet to make a clear prediction. And then there's like, the bottom right is like the edgelord who's negative towards blockchain and has high knowledge about blockchain. He's, Your faith on this is because you're ignorant, not like me. Anyway, it's just, it's really funny. But it's like, I think everybody should be a Chad right now. Everybody should be a moderate. Like, it's weird to have an ideological position on this. Cause it's unproven, right. Especially a negative one. Cause what difference does it make? If like, if you're right about being negative, then you did nothing and you didn't lose money, I guess, investing in some of these things. But like, what's the point of like, if you either be just like indifferent or like very positive about new technology, it doesn't make sense to be like very negative. Cause that that's not contributing anything into the, into the universe. I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my philosophical position there.
3: I don't know about that. I,
1: think we can be I think we I, can be, spe- I I we can be critical
3: negative, and skeptical
2: uh, um but I think we're, yeah. we're I'm
3: always skeptical right? yeah
2: like I, I guess I've always been in that chad camp I don't know just always been skeptical right and like of course interested and obviously it looks like this is something we need to be paying attention to for the next five yeah. years um but at the same time I don't think I would jump to an nft company right now um I don't think I would build a pitch yeah. on it
3: I, I, sorry, I, I actually was talking to someone about this yesterday. Um, and I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. But like, the fundamental challenge that I see right now from the NFT perspective, compared to like mobile free to play, if you want to compare the two is that we know that mobile free to play was going to be ubiquitous, right? We knew that a- almost anybody could see the fact that smartphones were going to be adopted in the most aggressive way possible, and that everyone's going to have a smartphone eventually. So you had almost unlimited uh, install base uh, for these games, right? And so that creates an, a huge total adjustable market. You can't say the same for NFTs, you know, and that, that's what worries me a lot right now from a platform perspective, right? How soon will Microsoft, sorry, Microsoft, Apple and Google really embrace these type of things on their on their platform, right? How, how much can a PC-based, you know, platform really grow? And the audience right now is not traditional gaming audience. It's not even close, right? I mean, like Axie is like 85% Southeast Asia. <laughs>
2: it's like, yeah.
3: So anyway, so it's like that. I don't know why I'm thinking. But, but I like if, about it If we're, we're talking going back to
2: 2011, it. you already had the free-to-play revolution on Facebook. Webcams, right. Right? Um, right? And yeah. on mobile, you already had three years of mobile ubiquity, right? Like Apple, iPhones just overtaking the market yep. and in so many hands. Right. Um, and then you even had proof in the pudding with things like... Android offering in-app purchases before Apple did, and already seeing plenty of examples there. Or or premium games on Apple disguised as really free-to-play games, right? Like when you I remember when you could buy a fifty-dollar like Mafia Wars style game, and it would give you fifty dollars worth of credits in a Mafia Wars game, but then you could always go buy the two-dollar premium game as well. I don't know. There was it was a very weird time, but I would definitely say that it was more proven in 2011 than it is right now. Um that's not to say it won't yeah, happen, and, but at the same time I I I feel like everybody keeps making these false equivalencies between free to play and um and web3. Yeah. And
3: and that's the the one of the four challenges that I see with NFTs, but I'm not going to go into the rest, but the but the, the fundamental thing is the platform problem for me, it's not as open as it was for 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 mobile um and I, and I do think that's going to be a challenge to get beyond, uh, you know, this this small group of super dedicated people. Now, having said that, these people are super dedicated, have lots of money, and that's like the best audience possible, right? So you build it and these guys will come and, and spend insane amounts of money, which I think is also um, a good thing in, in in a way to to drive different new business models, whether it's Axie or Solana, whatever, you know. Um, but anyway, I – so – Again, I am actually defending Ubisoft in this case. I think Ubisoft is at least trying and doing something and learning as an organization to to embed if it blows up in their face, so what? Move on, right? Um, but uh, but don't just don't don't recoil and and give up, which I, I'm not suggesting they are. But pulling videos is dumb, I think, uh, fundamentally. but but because Adam, the video, I'm sorry, by the way, the video itself was not offensive. It was just basically trying to illustrate what was happening. With the system or what the idea was behind the system. So anyway, whatever.
1: No, it wasn't the content of the video. It was just the fact that they were they were experimenting with NFTs that people didn't like. It was just it was just that instant reaction to, oh, NFT, that's bad. It's not gonna work. Yeah. Right? It's that's like an ideological position, not not a logical position. And the, and the funny thing was one of the articles said something like, you know, YouTube can't
3: remove the dislike button fast enough for Ubisoft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So they're gonna remove the dislike button. Thing, I Evidently, or, or at least the reporting on it, or something. Or yeah, yeah,
1: they are. Yeah. That, that's fun. But I, so I would, I would push back a little, uh, Adam, um, or, or and Eric. I don't, I don't believe that there was widespread consensus, like 2010, 2011, that mobile free to play was going to become a massive category. I mean, I think a lot of people thought it was a fad. A lot of people thought free to play was just a broken model that couldn't scale. I, I don't believe that that was a foregone conclusion. No, that's not what I said.
3: Sorry, what I said was that there was no doubt that smartphones would be a platform for everybody to right. try to take advantage of. That's what I said. I totally agree with you, right? right? That free-to-play, particularly given the total nonsense that was Facebook uh, Facebook right. uh, exactly. Canvas, right? Those early
1: really games sucked.
3: I mean, yeah, well, were, it was ju- it was horrific. It was shitty. Yeah, and, and Zynga was like the worst, right? They're sh- shoveling out the same game over and over
1: again and then hoping for a different yeah. result, you know? Yeah. But, uh. well, and then there, but then when they went public too, it was an utter disaster. So I feel like, you know, Zynga early Zynga probably set the industry back because they created a bad taste in consumers' mouths, right? And then they created a bad taste in investors' mouths and they went public and then lost like three quarters of their oh, I, uh, a market cap in like a month or something
3: yeah i i had the house of card. i probably said this before but I, I had the house of cards thesis for zynga when they went public and i was like dude there's no way There was like five or six reasons why they were going to fail and first of all was yeah. the main one was because it kept releasing the same game over and over again and again right. expecting different results right but they just kept monetizing less and less for each game because the game was built around traffic and not built around um, um retention right. right so but right. anyway the so, but anyway, I looked like an idiot, right? Because the stock went from eight to like 14, you know? And I was like, and people, actually, clients quit because I, they thought I was an idiot. <laughs> but well, then ultimately, later, it just though. got destroyed. Yeah. And, and what's crazy about that, all these guys, Pincus and all these mother truckers knew that this was happening. And they just started trying to pump and dump, right? And, uh, and, uh, and ultimately, no one really got out um, except for some of the executives when, when Zynga went public. Because
1: it was well, they got they got sued, right? They got sued because the exec sold, didn't they sell before their or they had? There was some weird thing about the. It's been so long, but
3: there was conditions. There was usually a lockup period of six months, but there were certain. Covenants or something that that rules that they allowed them to sell like within three or four months or something like that. But we're, they were non they were non
1: standard. It, it was non standard, right? Non-standard, and then the investors.
3: And the worst part about it is that junior people were not participating. It was only right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. senior level, like certain level and above, which was just yeah. freaking dirty shit, you know. But um, yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah, that that was a disaster, right? Absolute disaster. And it was just so obvious that I mean, there was a data source that had like showing exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. It wasn't like it was. But it was all misunderstood at
1: the time. Anyway,
3: sorry, our retained Jenning
1: What else we got? Well, so, no, just, just quickly, I want to talk about the stock price because it was... This This did really create a giant hurdle for free-to-play gaming, right? So they went public January 1st, 2012 at 1049, or that's what they closed at anyway. Uh, they peaked March 1st... No, February 1st, 2012, 1317. Right? So February 1st, they were 13. And then... July 1st, they were at six <laughs> and they stayed in the sixes basically through all of 12. Uh, no, then they dropped further. They dropped to two, forty six on November 1st, 2012. And then there was like kind of a, basically stayed there. And then there's a, there's a, a steady uptick from, from 2016. They were at February 1st, 2016. They were at two 11, uh, They started kind of like a consistent uptick from then. They peaked at eleven fifteen, February 1st, 2021, and now they're at 6-11, uh, right? So, but I remember when King went public, there was a lot of uh, uh, skepticism that, like, hey, the free-to-play games can't go public. There's no way to control – there's no way to provide guidance. These games are hits, and then you don't know what's going to be a hit, right? And then I think there was a lot of emphasis put on, well, we have the process. We'll produce one hit a year, two hits a year, whatever. But, but there was a lot of skepticism with King, like, no, they can't go public. Free-to-play games companies can't go public. And that was all – uh, that was all rooted in in Zynga's performance kind of post-IPO.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um,
1: anyway, so last uh, uh, set of articles to discuss. and I've got two articles because um, I want to make a point. So the first article is from uh, PocketGamer.com, and the title is Fortnite Kicks Off Chapter 3. Season one with Dwayne Johnson and Spider Man. So big IP integration. They got Spider Man, pretty big get, right? Because the Spider Man movie just came out. That's pocketgamer.com. The same day, uh, pocketgamer.biz, or a couple days later, actually, pocketgamer.biz releases an article Tencent brings Spider Man to PUBG Mobile. So wait a minute. Uh, We've got, uh, you know, Spider Man IP. Going live in in, in a competitor product—that's not good. Um, by the way, I don't know what what is the difference between PocketGamer.biz and PocketGamer.com. PocketGamer.com is
2: f- consumer-facing, and .biz is
1: industry-facing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, anyway, so the point I wanted to make is is be careful with these IP uh, integrations because um, having done a number of these deals, and I did a GDC talk about this uh, like two or three years ago. Um, you know, IP is kind of seen sometimes as like, uh, you know, just a panacea. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, uh, a, an, a, an injection, a turbo boost. It's an, an injection of adrenaline into the game. Um, but if you don't get the exclusive rights to the IP, then you never know who else is going to have it, right? And you can see the kind of case in point there. Um, a lot of the Star Wars IP are just, you know, splashed all over the App Store. Uh, Marvel uh, IP as well. Um, so I don't know that so helps. I mean, it probably helps Fortnite with like engagement cause people want to play a Spider-Man. Um, and it probably doesn't matter that much uh, for these two games because they're so big. Um, and, and a lot of this is just like rewarding fans. It's not about like user acquisition, but you know, just the idea that I'm going to integrate IP and I'm going to wrap my title in IP. Um, and that's gonna, that's going to be like a sort of commercial masterstroke. That's going to increase my fortunes. Well, maybe not because, uh, you know, I, I, remember I was working with a startup one time and they were like, Oh, we got, um, I won't say the IP because people know who I'm talking about, but like, we got such and such IP. Isn't that great IP? Can you help us with our user acquisition strategy? And I'm like, do you have exclusive rights to that IP? Cause it's a really big IP. And they're like, no, but you know, the IP holder promised us there's no other mobile games that are getting this. And then like a month before they were about to go global, another game hit the market with the same IP. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do to break through this now? And it was like a much bigger company. So they could spend much more money on, on user acquisition. And, and, um, and i think they kind of ended up owning that space. but but anyway, this is just a kind of uh, cautionary tale. be be careful to make sure that uh when you get an ip, it's it's exclusive to you because if it's not, your competitor might have it too.
2: Uh and in this case too, like keep in mind Fortnite and PUBG Mobile, they actually have completely different country splits, right? Like Fortnite can't operate in China, PUBG Mobile yep. is massive in China. Um so it's probably okay right, yeah. that these two can exist. Um but i think i don't think i can really speak much more than than that. Obviously i'm too close to this stuff.
1: Well, yeah, it's just kind of clunky, right? You know, they are competitive games. Yep. yep. Right. No, so if, if both I, of them I, again, I take a point, course, if,
2: if both of these were operating, yeah, there's going to be overlap, but I mean, it also is 10, and technically open owns Epic. They could have even just negotiated yeah. the same deal.
3: Yeah. In, in my Maybe experience, it, it, they try to do cover fire, right? They try to like, um, you know, spread out the launches of, competing products for competing platforms and and it's organized by the licensors, right? Whether it's Marvel or Star Wars or whatever. Um so I, I guess in this case, the only way I can kind of explain it is that uh you know Fortnite's not on mobile anymore. <laughs> so it's like console that's true yeah slash mobile, right? So that's true. That's true. Um but but you're right. I mean it just seems a little bit overlap. And then also like Tencent is still trying to kick crafting in the teeth you know with PUBG new state um um continuing to underperform so i think they're just pulling out all the stops to market their game to get it in the face of the c- customer and bring people back so that they don't go to new state so i don't know if this is this is a probably part of that whole effort I would imagine yeah gangsters yeah. they're I mean, total gangsters if- dude these guys <laughs> i love it i i got yeah. i would love to talk to someone there uh about how they actually planned all this you know like super super sneak attack against uh uh Crafton. but
1: cool anything else all right i think we're good that's it all right i think we're gonna do one what one more episode Miska said for the end of the year we'll do some predictions maybe oh and man then, uh, call it a, some predictions we're doing pretty well yeah, on that's, that's kind pretty, pretty well
2: in league of legends so
3: oh yeah yeah but is it over uh, right over in march oh march okay um yeah maybe we should do uh new state maybe i don't know also uh roblox is getting annihilated today because their growth numbers didn't look as good as people thought um i, I continue to be concerned about them growing next year so <laughs> i'm feeling somewhat oh, vindicated wow. but this shit is out of control they're,
1: they're down 11 percent today jeez
3: well, they also went up 50% on the print, which made no sense. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, but uh, the thing is that with with, with the Roblox guys, is they they don't really care, I don't think. I think they just want to build their metaverse. And so financial performance is not like a priority in, in the same way as other CEOs like Bobby Kodak or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. We'll see where this story ends, but uh,
1: I might have a prediction on Roblox for next year. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh see you both next week with Mr. Miska and thanks to everybody that listened in. All right. Peace. All right. Take care.